Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Law Radio Program. Ron Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I had a linguist. no idea. <laughs> I, love I didn't that. know you were, but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. <laughs> Call Jiggy right now. 267 22 Jiggy. Daddy, hey, Jiggy, what's happening, man? It must be that uh, David Bowie song. Jiggy, play guitar. Jeff. It's a great name, and thanks so much for having me on the show. Presenting. I'm, I'm Mike Massey, and, uh, you know, you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my tricks up there. Thanks very much. Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. Welcome to the next edition of our big broadcast. We've got our first guest waiting on an interview here with us. We are going to go to the telephones here in just a second. Welcome to our big broadcast. The world-famous Chicky Jaguar Radio Broadcast on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, and 50-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. Download our app, JiggyJaguar.us. And we are going to go to our first guest. Let's go to the telephones, and I'm going to go ahead and let him introduce himself. Then we'll talk a little bit about why he's here. Go ahead and give us a brief introduction, my friend. Are you at, is that me, Jiggy? Yes, indeed. Jonathan yes, indeed. Ferrara. Jonathan, how are sure. you, sir? <laughs> I'm doing well. This is Jonathan Farrar. I'm calling in from New Orleans, Louisiana. I am an artist, gallery owner, and the author of a book called Guns in the Hands of Artists. Now, let's talk a little bit about this book. This book is absolutely, absolutely amazing. Tell me about the the, the, the production process, the ideas behind this book, everything involved with it. Sure. The, uh, the, the idea for this exhibition that was then subsequently turned into a book uh, really started in the mid-1990s. Artist Brian Borello and I mounted the first Guns in the Hands of Artists exhibitions. We took <laughs> guns off the streets of New Orleans. They were decommissioned by the police department, and then we gave those to artists uh, across the community to make artwork out of these guns to basically use the thing to address the thing. So that was in 1996 when the murder rate in New Orleans was approaching almost 400. And it was really designed to have, to take the conversation out of the highly politicized, polarized context and bring it into the realm of art. Art is a means for dialogue. Art is a means to foster conversation about this critically important issue. So that was the, the, the origination of this uh, project. And then about uh, five years ago, I revisited this project. My gallery is a much higher level these days, and I deal with artists across the country that work in museums. And so we worked with the New Orleans Police Department, the city council, and the mayor's office to take guns off the streets. Those guns were then given to artists across the country, about 30 artists, men, women, black, white, Asian, all different geographic locations across the country because this problem affects all of us. No one is immune. And so in that process, we challenged these artists to use the guns as raw materials in making artwork, to use the thing to talk about the thing, to, to, to use guns in their artwork to address the issue of guns and gun violence in America. These were painters, sculptors, glassblowers, metalworkers, photographers, um, all using these guns. That exhibition traveled around the country. It went from New Orleans, the Aston Institute, to Washington University in St. Louis, Art Falls on Miami Beach, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and it was presented this past fall in the, uh, at the rotunda of the U.S. Senate building sponsored by Senator Tim Kaine. And so the book is an outgrowth of that project where it features images of the artwork in the exhibition, artist statements, and then it's paired with essays by national thought leaders on this on this issue. Walter Isaacson has written the introduction. Rapper Lupe Fiasco has written the piece. Pulitzer Prize winner Richard Ford, Joe Nassara of the New York Times, Trimane Lee of MSNBC, 
the actor and comedian Harry Shearer, Congresswoman Gabby. Guns in the hands of artists. We've got Jonathan Ferreira with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast talking a little bit about this book. It is an incredible, incredible uh, look at uh, guns and uh, ta- as, as Jonathan was saying, talking about the thing and thing. It's a uh, it's a heck of a deal. Check out jonathanferreragallery.blogspot.com for more information. And uh, Jonathan joins us here on the telephone. Um, John, this this book in, in incredibly well put together. You've got a lot of folks that are I- involved in this. Um, the, the idea of putting this together. Um, what moved you to create such a provocative exhibition with this, merging guns with artists? Sure. Well, the idea really is that um, this issue is something that faces all of America. Uh, regardless of where you live, uh, guns and gun violence are, are, are a part of American culture, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately from the gun violence perspective. Um, so we live in a city in New Orleans uh, where we have a very high murder rate. It's something that we deal with on a daily basis. So, you know, the real motivation behind this was to somehow add value to the conversation to continue to keep the conversation alive and the dialogue going. That really is the inspiration behind this, but to also take the conversation out of the, if you will, the screaming match, the vitriol, the this side, that side that, 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 that confronts this issue, and to try and reach some kind of common ground to use art as a mirror for, for life and saying artists are holding up their artworks as, as there has just as if they were holding up a mirror to society and saying, what is happening with this issue in our country? Can we look at this from a different perspective through a different lens and possibly, possibly come up with some kind of common ground that may bring us to a safer place? It's a very um, high-minded idea, but it's something that has really proved uh, useful because people come together, they look at the artwork. When you're in a room surrounded by artwork made from guns, it's somewhat disarming because you have to have the conversation about the subtle nuances of each piece and what they're trying to to talk about. And the same thing applies to when you're reading the book. You look at the, there's nothing more intimate than reading a book. It's you and the images and artwork and and essays on, on the pages and you are moved by those works, moved by those writings, and that really is part of the stimulation that we're trying to achieve. We've got a great guest with us today. Jonathan Ferreira joins us here in our broadcast, Guns in the Hands of Artists. Now, um, two decades later, why did you feel you needed to uh, restart a dialogue with this powerful book? Well, it's, you know, two decades later, it seems as if after Columbine and Sandy Hook Orlando and you know you can you can unfortunately pick any one of the uh, mass shootings and on a, on average there is more than one mass shooting each day in, in America. Um, that's something that to me was was quite shocking when I really kind of d- dove into this. And I think that it's it's there have been twelve hundred and sixteen mass shootings since Sandy Hook. Think about those numbers. And if we think about that. So I said to myself, what can I possibly add to this conversation? And that's why we decided to revisit this, this exhibition. And to I was also, when I, when I first did this exhibition with Brian Morello, it was 20-plus 20, 20 years ago. I wasn't nearly as uh, uh, smart, connected, and mature and wise as I am now. And looking at this issue and how it affects people across the country, because as I've traveled to these different cities, I've met with people and gun violence affects all of us, whether it's the inner city, rural America, no one is immune from this issue. So I wanted to make sure that we, we, we could add a, cre- a creative voice to this and look at this through a different lens. 
We've got a uh, great guest with us today. Joins us live. Jonathan Ferreira is with us here on our big program. And um, now, how do you hope that your book and the art will basically make a difference when it comes to guns? Powerful people like President Obama, Mayor Bloomberg, they couldn't do enough against this proliferation of guns in the country. Tell us a little bit about what you hope to do with guns in the hands of artists. Well, there's a couple of things that we hope to do. We hope to use the emotional power that art can generate to to stimulate the conversation. That's first and foremost, and that's a different tack than obviously what uh, President Obama and Bloomberg have done. And, you know, we don't have quite the resources that they have, but what we do have on our side is creativity, the ability that art can, can tap into the emotional part of this conversation and keep the conversation alive. We're not going to take 300 million guns off the streets, nor do we intend to do that. But what we intend to do is to, to person by person, reader by reader, visitor by visitor, um, stimulate a thought, a conversation, a question in someone's mind about guns and gun violence in America. And one of the things that we have done is working with different communities across the country. As an example, Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, we partnered with um, Pillsbury United Communities there to present the exhibition, stimulate conversation, to integrate it into existing uh, gun violence initiatives that they have as a community partner in Minneapolis. And that was very successful. They worked with uh, the mayor's office, the police department in Minneapolis, to facilitate a gun buyback. Those guns were taken off the streets. They raised about $25,000. The guns were taken off the streets. They have been given to artists in that community to make artworks addressing the issue of gun violence in their community. And as you've read in the paper, Minneapolis has its issues with gun violence as well. So it's talking about uh, the individual and trying to change the individual uh, conversation. And one thing that I would uh, read from the book um, that I think is, is, is ultimately an important conversation starter, if you will, is this is written by Michael Waldman, who was the president, he's the president of the Brennan Center for Justice at, at, Justice at New York University. He used to be a speechwriter for Bill Clinton. And he said that um, it, for millions of law-abiding citizens, um, firearms are a part of a cherished culture. It is possible to have a meaningful individual right together. It is, it is possible to have a meaningful individual right together with a strong sense of safety. That is a fight that will have to be waged first in the public mind. Abraham Lincoln said it best at an earlier time of constitutional turmoil. Speaking of slavery, he declared, public sentiment is everything. Public sentiment is everything. With public sentiment, nothing can fail. Without it, nothing can succeed. So, consequently, he who molds public sentiment goes deeper than he who enacts statutes and pronounces decisions. So what we are trying to do is to work on that public sentiment piece of this and to look at how we can change people's minds across the spectrum. And then that will hopefully lead to changes in, to, for moderate, sensible gun legislation across the country. It is the fantastic, fantastic author with us today. Uh, Jonathan Ferreira is with us. He has got guns in the hands of artists. Now, um, what did it feel like uh, to, to basically uh, put this book out there and have so much uh, folks coming to you with positive comments and things like that? Well, it's really been gratifying in the sense that, you know, you work on, on a project. I mean, this was five years in the making for this exhibition, and the book uh, the book itself was a two-year process in trying to organize it, um, design it, lay it out, but also get these uh, very busy, very influential people who are passionate about the subject to contribute these essays. So the response to the book has been overwhelming. It's been featured in media across the country, from CNN to Time Magazine to Publishers Weekly. But on a more personal level, um, I've had conversations with husbands and wives who've read the book together, and it's stimulated conversations between them about what their views really are about guns and gun violence and what they believe and how they should engage in this conversation. So that, to me, 
um, not just from the, the critical and aesthetic side of things, but from the personal side, the personal stories that are related in the book, people that resonate with people, and it's been a real process of, of, of just um, engagement for me across the spectrum to talk about these, uh, this critical issue with, with people across America, and, and the response has been overwhelmingly positive and understanding of that because I think that everybody understands that this is an issue that faces our nation and we need to address it in some way, shape, or form. Well, I appreciate you making time for us today. Thanks for coming on the broadcast, and we will definitely talk to you soon. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much, and your listeners can, can look at the book they get on Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble and other local bookstores. Fantastic. Have yourself a wonderful day. Thank you, my friend. Guns in the Hands of Artists. And we're going to take a break and come back with more. Attention. This is a public notice from Citizens Disability. If you are one of the millions of Americans who are disabled and unable to work, you may be entitled to disability benefits from Social Security. Receiving benefits is your right if you suffer from a physical or mental disability. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied, Citizens Disability can help. You'll be given an advocate who will evaluate your situation, handle your application, and deal with Social Security. Best of all, there is no fee until you receive your benefits. We only get paid if you win your case. To get started with your free no-obligation consultation, call 800-504-1639. That's 800-504-1639. There are a vast number of conditions that can make you eligible for disability benefits, many that you may not be aware of. So if you're disabled and unable to work, Call Citizens Disability today. Again, that's 800-504-1639. 800-504-1639. That's Citizens Disability. 800-504-1639. If you're over the age of 50 and considering buying an annuity in the next 60 days, I have some important news for you. Don't buy an annuity until you understand the pros and cons of annuities. A free book to help you maximize your retirement income from television host and three-time author Josh Melberg has been released. This book reveals little-known truths about annuity strategies in simple-to-understand terms. Grab a pen right now because we are about to offer you this free book that unlocks the five little-known secrets we believe baby boomers and seniors should know before buying an annuity. Call 800-835-0176 now and you'll receive a free copy of Josh Milberg's book, Next Gen Annuity Strategies Revealed. As a bonus, we'll also send you a copy of The Number One Mistakes Retirees Are Making With Their Investments Today and a free DVD on how you can get up to 33% more income in retirement. Call 800-835-0176 now. Again, that's 800-835-0176. Employees of J.D. Milberg Financial have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Hello, everybody. I'm Kip Marlowe, author of The Entrepreneur's Success and Sacrifice. If you're interested in starting a business, growing your current one, or just need some inspiration, this is the book for you. Learn the secrets of success from entrepreneurs like Arlene Neen, who just started her seventh company at the age of 96. Order it at ecrsuccess.com or at Amazon and learn 22 stories of ordinary people who became wildly successful. It could change your life. Dan Perkins here for Songs and Stories for Soldiers with your veterans tip of the day. Did you know that the suicide rate for women vets is 12 times that of their sisters in civilian life? Did you know that one in four women vets feel uncomfortable about talking to people about their mental health issues? Did you know almost 600,000 women vets in America are suffering from PTSD? It's time to help. It's time for all of us to encourage our sisters, mothers, and wives to get help by contacting their local VA hospital clinic or community-based health care center. So if you know a woman vet that is suffering, go to va.gov and find their nearest VA facility. This has been Dan Perkins of Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us with your veterans tip of the day. Call is now being recorded. We are back here on the world famous Chicky Jaguar Radio Broadcast on iHeartRadio, also AMFF, 247.com. Download our app today, ChickyJaguar.us, or find it in the app store. And uh, we've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast talking about uh, some of his latest projects. I'm going to go ahead and let him introduce himself, and we'll talk a little bit about why he's here. Go ahead and give us a brief introduction on yourself, my friend. What up, world? What up, Kathy? This is your boy, Heavyweight, live at that West from Twin City. Now, uh, talk to us a little bit about your latest project here. Yes, um, I just, uh, well, actually, I had dropped my project called uh, For the Birds, 
is on SoundCloud right now, free for the download. It's eight track of pure rawness hip hop urban sound for you. Um, so far, it's been doing well. It got over two million plays. So I suggest you all to go check it out if you want to hear something raw and different. Well, uh, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get started doing doing the music thing and, and, and getting things going in that department? Um, I started out as a young kid. I really wasn't into hip-hop music that much until a friend of mine asked me to say a freestyle. didn't even know what it was. I was like five, five to six years old. didn't know what was going on. And he taught me how to do a rhyme like ABC, like Dr. Seuss and stuff like that. And I started doing it every day and build my craft up. And then I started taking notice of a certain group that were doing their thing on the radio, like um, old school hip-hop, like the Fat Boys, Run DMC, Airbnb, Rock Kim. They move all the way up to certain rappers like Scarface, the Geller Boys, and how they construct a song. So I figured, hmm, I could do that myself. So I took it and ran with it. And that's why I'm here awesome. today. Awesome stuff. We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast. Thanks for listening to us today on AMFF247.com. Also, build your own enjoy and iHeartRadio. Uh, find us online at JiggyJaguar.com, J-I-G-G-Y, JiggyJaguar.com. Or download our app at both the app stores or go to GeekyJaguar.us. And uh, with, with your music, tell me a little bit about your uh, musical heroes and influence. My influence, my biggest influence really, and some people can tell, is Scarface. Because he, uh, what you call, very creative. And he had written lyrics that played like a movie in your head. Like when you read a book, sometimes you play it in your head like you in the movie. So... He did my biggest influence of the style. My greatest influence is this go-go rapper, legend named Fat Rodney. He was a go-go rapper. See, I'm, I'm originally from Washington, D.C., so I grew up in go-go music. And Fat Rodney was the first one I had seen rapper with a live band. And he had a different kind of flow, what they call go-go flow. And I had adopted that go-go flow from him. So he is my world's greatest influence. Scarface taught me how to write. Fat Rodney taught me how to develop my style. And another um, person I would say Ray Man because he was so wicked with it, how he just say how he feel and had a little uh, what you call um, a punchline, a comedy punchline with it. So he's my biggest influence as well. And also, I get my I Miles Davis because he was serious with his music and his craft and his showmanship, and I love his showmanship. I watched every film of him, and Billie Holiday, how she make music with pain and passion, and that's what had me writing through my pain and passion. So those are my biggest influences. We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on iHeartRadio, also AMFM, dot com. Download our app, ChickyJigwire.us. You can also uh, find it in both the app stores. And uh, tell us a little bit about social media. How have you used that to market your music and, and spread your message and do all that? Social media, I'm pretty sure with it, but what I do is put out the words um, about, hey, I got a mixtape. I do a live video. Um, sometimes I video call, um, video record myself just to show what's happening, what's good. The key is keep having a bit, um, develop a conversation for those who are looking. You never know who's going to stumble upon your page and say lock on. It's like when you sit here and watch um, the web series or we sit here and watch um, the TV show. Internet, it can't be your own TV station if you just know how to communicate and marketing yourself. So social media is very good because I can 
by sitting at home in my hometown, I could talk to somebody in Tokyo. I could talk to reach somebody in North Pole. I could reach somebody in Australia. What's so crazy, I had reached somebody in Japan that hit me back and said, I love your music. And someone from um, I, um, Ireland, something like that, Irish, something like that, they gave me um, an email saying they love my music. I was surprised that my EP reached that far. So that just letting you know, with a stroke of the keyboard, invisible, the whole world, the whole globe can see you and hear you. No matter what. Awesome stuff. Now, uh, t- tell us a little bit about uh, how we can connect with you on social media. If we want to see uh, see any of the things you're doing or hear some of your music, how do we connect with you on social media? Oh, I'm um, I'm based on Twitter. As you, uh, my name is spelled H E V E W A E on Twitter, and the same name is on Instagram. Um, and if you want to see my paper trail, my footprint. Go to Google's and type in my name, Heavyweight, H-E-V-E-W-A-E. You can find me almost everywhere from MTV Audit to Facebook to um, Twitter to Instagram, everything. Just type in my name because I use the same name. That's how I bring my name because I work hard to bring my name on everything that's out there. Now, uh, you mentioned uh, videos and music videos and things like that. Tell me a little bit about some of the stuff you've got out there. Well, I've got some, uh, I'm working on a new video soon. Actually, it's going to be a visual project coming up this summer. So right now, I'm just putting out a whole bunch of new music. But I have what you call a live video on YouTube. And once again, type in Heavyweight on YouTube. You'll see some of my live videos, some of my live performances. On there, on there, you go to my um, Instagram page, you can see some of my one-minute performance. And also, sometimes sometime I'll be having what you call a live on deck. I could be performing anywhere. I could be performing in the bathroom, in the laundry room, in my car, or in the carryout or anywhere. You just got to come on my page and catch it. And when the um, notification go off and say, heavyweights live, Go to it and see what I got going on. Good stuff. We've got a uh, great guest today joining us live here on iHeartRadio, also AMFM247.com and JiggyJaguar.com. Also, our app is available in both the app stores, or you can go to JiggyJaguar.us. Now, uh, with your music, uh, how far do you think this thing's going to be able to go for you? Hmm. I'm going to say it's going to take me as far away that people would notice that my craft is very serious. I get different emails telling me that my project that I have right now is very extraordinary, yet different, because my style of flowing is not what you got from New York down south over the East Coast. Although I rap to their beat, but I have my own style to it. So all I can say is, I mean, you're looking for something raw and something new and something heavy, lyrics and concerts, then all you have to do is come check me out and just hear me out. And I really feel that as far as you can take me, is more than people can get me. Because me, I don't believe in, um, I don't believe in, um, I, I only have one thing because that one thing can tell somebody else, and your numbers can double the triple the more. So me, I wanted to take you to the whole globe. Hey, outside planet Earth. That's how far I know my music is going to take me to. Once this project take off, I got some more work coming in. Trust me, I have big, big, big plans. Hey, woo, y'all will love it. So uh, who, who are some of the some of the folks you work with on a regular basis as far as uh, producers, uh, opening performers, uh, some of those folks? Well, um, I always keep in contact with what you call unknown producers that want to get out there. So it's like you have an unknown producer that produced for um, Designer Panda and also the one that did Young Ma. So I'm always looking for producers. I got a different producer. One favorite producer hit me up is Naughty D, the one that did Amigo. 
Coat T-shirt, and he definitely dig my style and whatsoever. As far as performance, I met a lot of performers in the beginning, like Wale, The Fat 12, all of them in the beginning, and I watched them turn to what you call right now the mega superstar, and which is which is really great. Now in Charlie, I moved down here and I met with Mr. 704, who had great, great, great marketing skills. That's why I say that made the genius. And him, Jay Soldier, uh, Mr. Turnup, and DJ Chuck T is going to be the part of the reason why Carolina is growing up. And I also worked with them. And working with them just made me, it's re, um, reiterating, rejuvenating me to um, come out with something more, something better, something happy, because you always want to get with someone who has a high creative juice. Just like um, you got one guy named The Baby. And you probably say, who's The Baby? But if you look into his music and, he, and see his genius marketing claim, you would say, wow, this dude is serious. So these are the people I like to be around. I like to be around people that move and shake and grind. So all, all everybody that I've been around have been moving and shaking and grinders. Well, with the uh, with, with the music industry being as uh, complex as it has been the last couple of years, where do you see yourself fitting into all that? Well, you know, I heard a talk with someone about that before, and. People were saying the music sales ain't doing what it's doing, and the um, music, especially rap music, is oversaturated. You know, um, because in a long time ago, it used to be like oh, only 300 rappers. Now you got everybody, their grandmother and their babies rapping. So it's kind of it hard to maneuver your way out of bring, bring new music out to people when you got so much coming at you. And that's why you got people say, I'll adhere to it when I get to it because it's like waiting in the line. So I feel the music industry is good, but yet oversaturated where the industry right now is trying to give you a 360 deal because they know there's no money. Like, for example, you got Lil Yachty, who's the hottest artist out right now, and he only sold, what, 400,000 copies. To him, it may be great. To us, that's not so great. Because you see J. Cole to get a million. Because J. Cole had what you call, he worked hard for their following. Because in the beginning of his career, he didn't have that. So the music, I'm not saying the music industry is dead. It's just trying to find its way up. It's still staggering in the middle. But it's never going to die down. It's going to continue to grow. But it just got to go through what you call a hard, hard concrete. And once you go through that hard concrete, hard concrete, it will be like a road going through the concrete, and the music is going to accelerate, and it's going to get better and more, and more, 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 greater than you ever noticed. Well, uh, before we let you go, how do we get a hold of you online and pick up your music and all that? All right. Once again, like I said, y'all, y'all can check me out on SoundCloud. Take um, H E V E W A E. Or you can go to Instagram, H-E-V-E-W-A-E, or go to Twitter, H-E-V-E-W-A-E, or go to MTV.com slash artist slash H-E-V-E-W-A-E, and you'll check out everything. You'll know heavyweight history. You'll know heavyweight songs. You'll know heavyweight um, catalog of history and songs and everything. And that's how you can check me out and find out. Don't forget, download um, for the bird, I'm telling you, y'all would love that album. It's going to be the greatest thing you ever hear in your ears. Well, good stuff, my friend. I'm looking forward to it. When the album comes out, get a hold of me, and we'll have you back on the program. All right, of course. I mean, thank you for having me. And thank everybody out there is going to listen to me, and thank you to everybody. I really appreciate it for everybody again checking me out. God bless y'all and keep moving. Let's stay cranky. Well, have yourself a wonderful day, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. You too. Thank you, man. Later. All right. What?
Attention, this is a public notice from Citizens Disability. If you are one of the millions of Americans who are disabled and unable to work, you may be entitled to disability benefits from Social Security. Receiving benefits is your right if you suffer from a physical or mental disability. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied, Citizens Disability can help. You'll be given an advocate who will evaluate your situation, handle your application, and deal with Social Security. Best of all, there is no fee until you receive your benefits. We only get paid if you win your case. To get started with your free no-obligation consultation, call 800-504-1639. That's 800-504-1639. There are a vast number of conditions that can make you eligible for disability benefits, many that you may not be aware of. So if you're disabled and unable to work, call Citizens Disability today. Again, that's 800-504-1639. 800-504-1639. That's Citizens Disability. 800-504-1639. Hello, everybody. I'm Kip Marlowe, author of The Entrepreneur's Success and Sacrifice. If you're interested in starting a business, growing your current one, or just need some inspiration, this is the book for you. Learn the secrets of success from entrepreneurs like Arlene Neen, who just started her seventh company. At the age of 96, order it at ecrsuccess.com or at Amazon and learn 22 stories of ordinary people who became wildly successful. It could change your life. If you're over the age of 50 and considering buying an annuity in the next 60 days, I have some important news for you. Don't buy an annuity until you understand the pros and cons of annuities. A free book to help you maximize your retirement income from television host and three-time author Josh Melberg has been released. This book reveals little-known truths about annuity strategies in simple-to-understand terms. Grab a pen right now because we are about to offer you this free book that unlocks the five little-known secrets we believe baby boomers and seniors should know before buying an annuity. Call 800-835-0176 now and you'll receive a free copy of Josh Milberg's book, Next Gen Annuity Strategies Revealed. As a bonus, we'll also send you a copy of The Number One Mistakes Retirees Are Making With Their Investments Today and a free DVD on how you can get up to 33% more income in retirement. Call 800-835-0176 now. Again, that's 800-835-0176. Employees of J.D. Milberg Financial have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Dan Perkins here for Songs and Stories for Soldiers with your veterans tip of the day. Did you know that the suicide rate for women vets is 12 times that of their sisters in civilian life? Did you know that one in four women vets feel uncomfortable about talking to people about their mental health issues? Did you know almost 600,000 women vets in America are suffering from PTSD? It's time to help. It's time for all of us to encourage our sisters, mothers, and wives to get help by contacting their local VA hospital clinic or community-based health care center. So if you know a woman vet that is suffering, go to va.gov and find their nearest VA facility. This has been Dan Perkins of Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us with your veterans tip of the day. An incredible new marketing partner was today at Transmedia Worldwide. An amazing, amazing Kickstarter project. Help thousands of families and get permanent rewards by backing this incredible campaign. Check it out today on Kickstarter.com. That's K-I-C-K-S-T-A-R-T-E-R.com. Wildfire Protection Barrier Shield. Wildfires. It's about time we change how we protect our investments. Devastating wildfires destroy thousands of structures every year. And Crystal Saunders is with us today to help us with this incredible project. Check it out on Kickstarter.com. A protective barrier that saves property and belongings from wildfires. Wildfires have devastating consequences for people caught in their path. Thousands of families lose their homes, businesses, and belongings every year. Wildfires move quickly and unpredictably. People in at-risk areas usually have little warning before they must evacuate their homes, leaving them with no option to abandon their belongings and get on the road quickly. They return to find that their home, business, family, heirlooms, and the memorable moments they shared in those places are gone. Many of them are left destitute and without a home. Check it out today on Kickstarter.com. That's K-I-C-K-S-T-A-R-D-E-R.com. Search Wildfire Protection Barrier Shield and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide.
Welcome back to JAGshow.com, coast-to-coast and border-to-border on J-A-G-S-H-O-W.com. We've got a uh, great segment coming up here with Jay Izzo, the Internet doctor. And uh, listeners are invited to send their pick for social media blunder, pick, or tip to socialmediology.com. Selected input will receive a free copy of God Social Mediology. And God Social Mediology is available for sale through Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and at your local bookstore. And Jay Izzo with us today. He is fantastic. And uh, we're going to be previewing what's up and coming in social media for 2017. Jay, uh, give us your thoughts on this whole thing. Yeah, well, I hope people paid attention to the election. Yes. Because... The, the election really, and, you know, I was listening to, before, while we were off, I was listening in between the arguments that people were yes. talking about, the yes. Trump, and, <laughs> and I think what people missed in that whole thing is just how smartly Donald Trump was able to utilize social media and spend no money, at, by I mean, he literally spent zero money compared to Hillary Clinton on this election simply by effective use of social media. And I hope people paid attention to that for several reasons. I think, first of all, the first reason is that what you saw here was that if you have a platform, social media can be an extremely powerful way to push that platform out there. That's first. But secondly, I think if you're an owner or you're an entrepreneur of your own company or a corporation, you need to really stop being on the sidelines with this. And you need to be actively involved because people are wanting to know what this guy is going to say and do. And Trump really, whatever you think about him, was brilliant at getting his message out consistently connecting with people and was able to influence a lot of people as a result of his social media strategy. And it was really interesting to me, James, because as somebody whose, you know, graduate work is in psychology, it was really interesting to me to watch the election from only a social media standpoint. I didn't turn the TV on. I only watched it through the eyes of social media. And it was really interesting to me to see how wrong TV was and how right social media was when it came to who was going to win the election. And it was really, really interesting. And I think people who have decided that social media is not for them or is not going to be a part of their strategy, is they really need to look again because the strategy proved to be quite successful. And so I, I would encourage you people, get off the sidelines. You need to get in, and you need to be a part of it, because that's going to be a very important part of 2017, as we're going to see going forward. We've got Jay Izzo with us today. He, of course, is joining us each and every week here on our jagshow.com. You can get more information on jagshow.com, a lineupmedia.fm presentation. And uh, today we're speaking with Jay Izzo about uh, what's coming in and up in social media for 2017 and uh to read more helpful articles from jay check out socialmediology.com now um as far as the way that people use social media um how how do you think they're going to do that in uh, in 2017 well you know an article was just released here in the last day or so that the more social media profiles you use, chances are the more depressed that you are in reality. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, no, it's really true. It seems that people who are on seven or more social media platforms are extremely depressed. So the fewer social media platforms you are on, probably the more stable you are emotionally. And from a user standpoint, I think that people are looking for what I like to call their ecological niche. They're looking for that safe place where they can go and be a part and that they feel safe and that they can actually be part of a larger community without being abused or trolled or something like that, which is why I think Twitter 
largely is going to fall apart, and we'll probably see it brought out in 2017. But I think people are going to start trying to cut back on which platforms they're going to specifically focus on. And I think Snapchat's going to become a much bigger player. And this is why Instagram and Facebook, which is, by the way, is the same company, it is why they are doing everything they can to match what Snapchat is doing so that they can stay relevant. Because the one thing, James, that Snapchat has that none of the other platforms have yeah. is that when you post on Facebook or Instagram, people can like or comment. Yes. And so people get a lot of self-esteem or just the opposite. Their self-esteem gets crushed if they post something and nobody likes it or comments on it. Snapchat doesn't work that way. Snapchat, you just post and nobody can like. You may get a comment because they can chat with you, but there's no liking. There's no sharing. There's no commenting. So people with a lower sense of self-esteem have a tendency to use Snapchat because they don't have the pressure of getting a hundred likes, which is the magic number for many millennials on Instagram. And if they don't get a hundred likes, they actually take down their post. So we see that quite frequently. So psychologically, I expect users actually to start cutting back a little bit on the number of social media profiles, stay focused on that, which is something, James, I've said all along in my book, and I've said, you know, even now, is don't be on everything, whether you're a person or a business, be in the places where either your customer or your client already is, and stick with those. You don't need to be on all these platforms. It's going to be a waste of time, a waste of money, a waste of energy, and as we're finding out, it can be also quite depressing. We've got Jay Izzo with us today, joins us live here on jagshow.com. Each and every week he talks with us about some of the different things going on in social media, and uh, we wanted to do a uh, segment with him this week about what is up and coming in social media for 2017. Now, um, how, how do you think uh, social media is going to change as we move forward? You mentioned something about possibly Twitter being bought out, th things like this. Yeah. How, how's that going to change? Yeah, I think what we're going to see is when Microsoft bought LinkedIn for $26.3 billion, uh, we are already starting to see Microsoft is starting to make some influences in terms of integrating LinkedIn into the Microsoft suite and Microsoft integrating into LinkedIn through the blogging platforms and being able to use PowerPoint presentations within LinkedIn, etc. Yes. So... We're going to start seeing those type of changes, but I think it would make sense to me if I and I, I'm going to I'll make this prediction. It would make sense to me that Microsoft would buy Twitter because Microsoft, because Twitter is already connected to LinkedIn, and so you can make a post on LinkedIn and have that connected right to your Twitter immediately and send out to both. Hmm. And I. I think if Microsoft goes out and purchases Twitter, they can now have a seamless enterprise that would allow them to create a professional network that would get rid of the trolls because Microsoft has the certainly has the money and they certainly have the technology to control the abuse problem that has plagued Twitter. Yes. And I think we probably would see Twitter's numbers drop because so many people would be getting off of it, but they would also eliminate the fake profiles, the automated profiles, because Microsoft would certainly have the capability to do that. So I can kind of see that happening where also Microsoft is moving that direction. But the also, the other thing, James, that is coming down is that video and audio is a huge deal. And yes. I don't know if you've paid attention to this, but we knew that Facebook Live was coming out, but yesterday Facebook announced that they're going to allow you to do a live radio show, basically, on Facebook. <laughs> Fantastic. And, yeah, no, seriously. I, I, so they're starting with the BBC News. The BBC News is going to be able to do basically live streaming through Facebook. 
and they're testing it with a few companies right now, and they're going to do the same thing. You know, podcasting, as you well know, James, podcasting's hot. Yes. And so Facebook is getting into this game where I can expect in 2017 they're going to be unleashing this for people to do live audio and live podcasting from wherever, may, wherever they may be to, uh, to kind of take a dent uh, out of some of this podcasting world that's out there, which so much is not listened to. But I could see them doing, I, I could see them doing live high school football games. I could see them doing, somebody doing their own live play-by-play of a college game. I, I could see a lot of potential problems with this, but I can see a lot of good things with this as well. So that's certainly coming down the road. But video is hot, James. Right now, you know, YouTube, there's, what, a, a billion people watching it right now? As yes. you and I are talking. There's a billion people on YouTube. So video is hot. Facebook Live is a really, really big deal and is growing and growing and growing. So we're going to see a lot more video and a lot more video integration into everything that we do. And it's going to be everywhere from short to really long. But we're going to see a ton of it. And we're going to see it being made for mobile because everybody's got to start thinking mobile, mobile, mobile because nobody is sitting at a desktop anymore. Very few people have a laptop. I have a Surface tablet, which is what I use for both my basically my laptop and my tablet at the same time. Yeah. And it's, it's a professional model. But I do everything on that Surface tablet, so including writing a book, uh, which I have two books coming out. So it's we're going more mobile, and we're going more video, and we're becoming more integrated, and we're going to see 2017, and look out for artificial intelligence because we're going to be hearing more and more about that as we proceed to 2017. We're going to hear a lot about artificial intelligence in cars and in TVs and in other products that you buy, we are literally minutes away from being able to talk to everything in your house and make it do something. Yes. And, uh, and, and that includes being able to talk to your lamp and tell it to dim. It's a fantastic crazy. world we live in, my friend. Yeah, I mean, it's, cra- it's crazy. But it's really true. We are moving into a really artificial intelligence world. And if anybody ever remembers how, what was it, how 3000 or how? Yes, yes, from, uh, yes, from, uh, I believe 2001 or something of that nature. Yes, 2001, yeah. Folks, it's it's exciting, but it's scary at the same time. I'm not going to deny that. It's exciting, (laughs) but it's scary. Yes. And uh, uh, if you've ever seen... Now, yeah. Jay, uh, I, uh, you, you mentioned this this thing with Facebook coming after coming after podcasts and radio and yeah. all this stuff. Is is this because they haven't had? And we've talked a little bit about it on your segment here on sure. here on Jagshow.com before. They 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 tried to take on you know uh, several several months ago. They wanted to take they wanted to take on YouTube. They're all about, we're yeah. going to be the video people, we're doing video, that's what we're doing, we're coming after YouTube. And they had all these celebrities that you talked about who had been paid various things to do videos and all these things. And then the numbers came out, and they weren't as good as you as they had told everybody. And it, is this basically because they've decided... Okay, we can't take on YouTube, but we can go get those podcast people, and the radio industry sucks right now, so we can go get the radio industry, too. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, okay, so let's let's clarify something here. I, I, I think you're right uh, on part of that, for sure. Yeah. But, okay, so it was the video ads that were going out that they basically lied about. Yeah. All right, or yeah. they said it was an error. But actually, Facebook Live has really taken a dip into many of the the YouTube stars. Yeah. Because the YouTube stars' numbers are down. Uh, And they thought that there was a change in the algorithm from Google, who owns YouTube, but it was not. Facebook's put a dent into those folks who 
to you know have their regular YouTube show. So it, yeah. it has taken a dent there. Certainly, one of the things that, based on my research of live audio, which is what they're going to call it, what they're calling it now, is called Go Live. Yeah. They are trying very desperately to go after podcasting and traditional radio. Yes. Because they are wanting to make it more right now, real, authentic, and you know, it's all part of this whole. It's all part of this whole thing of give people an opportunity to think that they can have fame. And I've said this on this show a hundred million times. People are sheep. Yes. Okay? If you, if you give sheep the right shepherd, in this case fame, and you tell them, you know... You don't have to have all this equipment for a podcast. <laughs> you don't have to be That's right. Jaguar. <laughs> you could be famous on through Facebook. Man, bring Man. all that bring all that content to us. It, the, and they and they, <laughs> and they you can hear them. You yes. can hear them. They look they look up and they go, oh oh, fame oh oh fame. I could have my own radio show. Oh, let me go there. Oh, okay, I'm going. I'm going there now. Oh, Facebook, we love you. Thank you. And that's what happens. And so, you know, and Facebook's really smart about this. I know people hate them, but they're really, really smart about this because they're using BBC, HarperCollins, and they're going to do these streaming live podcasts. Yes. And they're, they're, they're trying to take on the radio audience that, unlike your show, which has billions of listeners, they're, they're you know, they're taking on they're taking on these small area places and saying, "Hey, folks, you don't have to be stuck with the radio that you have in your area. Yes. You create your own radio." Yeah. Well, we've got Jay Izzo with us today. One final uh, piece of uh, what's up and what's coming in social media. For 2017, by by the way, we'll we'll get to that here in just a second. Listeners are invited to send their pick for social media blunder, pick or tip. Who's got social mediology? The book is available. Check out the website socialmediology.com. Socialmediology.com. Selected input will receive a free copy of Got Social Mediology. Now, um, a story that broke. Uh, you were talking about YouTube and video and all the things um, fairly recently, and I don't know within the past six months or so. I've become sort of a fan of this guy, and then I realized just kind of how much of a how much of a piece of garbage the guy is. And uh, <laughs> there is a guy on uh, YouTube who uh, his name's Casey Neistat. And this guy, um, he, he started doing these video blogs and doing all these different things. And then fairly recently, he, uh, he stopped doing his video blogs. And he was like, oh, I'm out of motivation. I'm done with mo. I'm, I'm done with this. I got to do something else. And then uh, two days later, he announced that he'd sold his uh, social media app company Beam to CNN for twenty five million dollars. And CNN is going to uh, essentially use him to make their way into the YouTube space. Um, is this basically because CNN has seen things like Vice and some of these other things where they're like, we're getting our ass kicked? We got to appeal to the to the younger people, so let's go get this thirty two year old guy, uh, Casey Neistat, and have him have him, uh, you know, uh, appeal to folks. Uh, what what was CNN? Did basically CNN go? Okay, we want you. We don't really care about anything else. We want you, but in order to get you, we got to buy your company. So we'll right. buy your company. We'll shut it down because they're planning on shutting Beam right. down. They're going to move all right. his people to basically work for CNN. Uh, is this CNN's attempt at we got to get younger demo? Is this what it is? Or? Yeah. I, well, I think I think there's two things. I think I think one is that Casey Neistat, who by the way has I mean created this thing out of nothing. Basically. Yes. Yes. Uh, and by the way, he's 35 years old. Okay, so he's, he's yeah. you know he's married, got his kids and everything. Yeah. But anyway, CNN you know has a horrible 
problem connecting with the younger generation. Nobody's paying attention to them anymore. Yes. It is, it is, it's still, it's still a problem. And Casey has a tremendous following. And he's a little edgy and he's a little weird and he does, you know, I would sometimes call it insane things. And he's a little, but that's what gives him his tremendous popularity. I say all those things. But he's tremendously popular, and he has a tremendous following. Well, CNN is dying. I I mean, I'm just being honest. Yeah, they're 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 dying dying. on the vine. And they they really are. And they're trying to stay relevant. And so, yeah, they would take a chance on this guy who has created this empire, basically, and take a chance on this guy to be able to bring some different, fresh perspectives. Now, here's the problem that I can see happening, though, James, is Casey is not always politically correct. Yes. And I could see CNN having a real issue with him down the road. Because Casey doesn't always play well with others if you watch any of his videos. Yeah. He's, he's not always that guy. And so I am I am not sure how this marriage is going to work out. But as far as Casey's concerned... Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.